Welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. The weekly theme will be simple as well as rich and something you can apply to your real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the hard or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. Hi, dear listeners. This is an episode that's meant to be maintenance and a way to keep up with your stuff so that you can stay soaked in the good stuff. (laughs) Um, Sometimes certain things are better at certain times of year. And since it's the last leg of winter, I thought that I would offer you something that I love to think about this time of year when most of us are craving the first blush of spring. Um, But unfortunately, we cannot rush the mother. And so today we'll talk about finishing things up. I talk a lot in this podcast about the creative process and about being fully yourself and being brave enough to resurrect your truth and create your life authentically and without apology. But today, I want to talk about the consciousness around finishing things you've started or things that you've meant to get to but haven't. We are deep in a consumer's culture where it's easier to buy another thing than to mend a broken one. We are living in such a world of convenience at our fingertips that sometimes I think we forget um, what we have in the first place. We forget what we've started. We forget what we've already bought and what is sitting at the bottom of our drawers. Um, Forgotten because we were slightly impatient at the process and so we just got another one. So right now, As we stitch up winter in the next month or so, I am looking at projects I've started but never followed up on, conversations that need to be concluded, friendships that need tending or releasing, and getting all my affairs in order. And it feels really good to be doing that right now, seasonally. Um, I'm even looking at that pile of clothes in my closet You know, some things are missing a button, some have a stain or a tear or need hemming. And I'm going to sit down and decide if I'm going to really do those things. And if not, then I'll donate it so that it's not just sitting there unfinished and collecting guilt and, and unwanted energy. So I'm scrubbing down to the base of things energetically and seeing what is salvageable and what's not. And I was also thinking about the hard family conversations that so many of us avoid and table for another decade. (laughs) I can't tell you how many people in my life have told me um, recently that they, they feel like when their parents die, the estate and will situation is likely to be very, very complicated. And yet no one's talking about it and no one is unpacking the conversation before it's too late. And I'm shocked by how often this is brought to my attention. And it's almost always complicated when somebody dies. Of course, there's 
there's the heartache and the missing and the, the longing and the metallic absence of them being gone. But there is also, or there at least there can be, regret and missed opportunities and awkward financial conversations that have been left open because nobody, nobody wanted to have them or misunderstandings and assumptions. Thinking we were clear, but realizing later we were not is really common too after somebody's died. Not being on the same page as your siblings. All of this is so, so common. And I think it was probably since my brother died when he was a very young man. But that that certainly sparked honest conversations with my mom about our wishes when we die. And not just hers, but mine too, because you never know. And so we've talked about some really hard things, what happens if we find ourselves in a gray area medically, a threshold, when it's not clear about what to do next. And we've really tried to talk about all of it and have tried to leave nothing unfinished. So I invite you, I urge you to think about, are there any questions left unanswered about the money, the will, the health and DNR forms? You know, how people you love and yourself, how do you want your quality of life to be once you're not of sound mind and body? And it's a little awkward to have these conversations now when nothing is an emergency, when it's not actually happening. But I know that if we do not, it can get complicated and even contentious very quickly among family and friends. And I've been witness to this. And it's incredibly painful in the midst of the grief that is already on top of everybody. So please have these clear conversations now before it becomes speculative and accusatory with the people that you love. And I promise if you do, there will be such a sense of relief and compassionate understanding um, across the board. On a lighter note, I was also thinking about books. (laughs) I think about books a lot. Um, And I have this glorious pile of unfinished books on my desk. I'm sure many of you do too. And I'm going to go through them this week and decide whether I need to read them, whether I want to read them or give them away or save them for later because I keep buying more and the pile's getting bigger. And with that bigness and excitement also comes guilt and heaviness But some of them, I know I just need to put them in the pile of, I should read this, but I don't want to. And for that pile, I'm letting those go somewhere else to die. Because there are way too many gorgeous and soulful book worlds that I really want to curl up in. And I'm not keeping any that are simply resting on the platform of should. I should read this. So that's happening this winter. I was going through my teacher training notebooks from all the years I've been teaching and leading trainings in yoga. And it's all sort of jumbled together in binders with typed pages mixed with handwritten notes and sticky notes and all in between. 
And so another project I'm going to do is take my time without rush, but I'm going to go through these notebooks and organize the information with dividers and clear order, you know, with tabs so that when I want to pull out how to teach about the chakras or I want to teach on some tips on theming or sequencing to my students, I'm able to access that easily without, you know, hunting around. And I've also realized it's really respectful of myself to do this for all that material. I've worked so hard all these years to learn and collect and contemplate and sift through and not finishing that feels unfortunate and incomplete. So I'm taking the time to do it out of respect for my my learning and what I've accomplished. And then hopefully I will be able to to maintain that and keep it that way. It's an act of kindness and reverence to my time and my work. Um, another thing I'm going to do in the tale of winter this year <laughs> is to shine all of my shoes. They're ones I don't even wear anymore because they look so dull or worn out. And I think they need some just some good love, some good shine. So I'm going to refresh all of my sneakers with fresh laces and spruce them all up that way too. Um, I recently cleaned out my sock drawer and threw out any of the socks that had holes or ones I never wore because they felt uncomfortable and they slipped off my heel. I gave those away and I did the same with my underwear, my tanks. And all of this, of course, is not only good in a really practical way, but it's so wonderful for the energetics of your home. And I know when you do this, you're going to feel more noticeably clear when you go room to room doing this kind of work in your home. And once I decided to shine my old boots and give them some love, I noticed the couch that we have in our basement needs a good shine too. And it's brown leather and it has a lot of character marks and dings, which I love actually. It sort of gets better with age, but it really needs some love. And so I'm going to put a nice coat, a nice shine on it and buff it. I think Matt and I have been wanting a new couch down there, but I don't actually think that we need one. I think we just need to resurrect that one and to breathe some new life into it and take better care of it. Um, so clean out your inbox. Throw away letters that have lost their charge. This is really important energetically. Go through your refrigerator and throw away expired items and clean the shelves thoroughly before you put everything back in. Um, I saw something funny the other day that made me laugh out loud. It was a meme that said, you can throw away the box that your iPhone came in and your computer. You're never going to need those. And I just laughed when I saw that. My goodness, I probably have four or five of those boxes in my drawer because that feeling that I might go back to that for some reason always exists. You know, and it's better, of course, energetically when we just clear that immediately And so as soon as I read that and laughed, I went upstairs and threw away all of my big collection of Apple boxes, and that felt really good. I've been thinking, too, about friendships and collaborations I have promised, things I have looked forward to, but filed away somewhere for later. And what I am doing is I'm pulling all of that out 
into the living room floor and examining what each of these mean, what, what friendships are naturally being nourished right now out of love, out of proximity, intersection, obligation, connection, and even shared heartbreak. And I'm sifting through tending where it's needed and giving space and releasing where it's relevant and also scheduling difficult conversations to either end or begin something more honest. This is work that we tend to procrastinate, especially when no one else is initiating Because it's not easy to face these relationships that need work or even harder release to become compost and soil for something else to grow in its place. But I've found that when we tune in, we already know what steps need to be taken. So break them down into smaller pieces and do just that. Make little stepping stones out of the smaller pieces so that it will take you somewhere beautiful. I also believe that this kind of soul decluttering work reminds us what treasures we actually do have, we already have, and is a practice of looking here instead of somewhere out there to be saved or consoled. You know, we already have what we need. God, isn't that, isn't that comforting to remember that? We already have everything we need. Nothing is more alive than us right at this moment with all the parts of us. This is the most alive we are ever going to be right now. And so doing all of this, I started to ask myself, how does it feel? How does it feel to do all of this? How does it actually feel in my body to complete things that I've been sitting in piles all over my house, my brain, my heart, and my field of friendships? Well, my answer to that is it feels like contentment. It feels like wholeness. It feels like relief. And then, of course, it lays the ground for creating new things once those things are tied up well. And then there is deliberate space to begin again. So this kind of wintering is preparation for spring's rebirth of new shoots popping up and fresh beginnings. And that's why it's so good to do right now when things are still dark and cold. Because once spring starts coming, you're going to want to be outside and flitting around and more expansive with your energy. But this work I'm talking about is fireside work. And it can be mundane sometimes and not exciting because you are handling material that you've seen before. So it's not new, but it is important to do this because it's part of the creative cycle, I believe. And contentment, that's a really good feeling and and one that's overlooked by her more flashy sisters, inspiration and innovation. But 
contentment, she allows for the flash to be felt later in a fuller form. So if you spend time with her, there are rewards to come for that. And it will make spring all the more rich. So do this work. You won't be sorry. And seal all of this that is unfinished. Seal it with either new discipline and commitment and fresh blood. Or a funeral to put it to rest. Or assign a conscious later date to give it life. I will leave you with Mary Oliver, who always knows what to say, no matter the occasion. I miss her, or I miss knowing that she's alive in her mind and body, looking at the same moon. Sometimes it gives me such comfort to know that the artists that I love still have a beating heart. Mary, you are missed, but you are still providing my every day with fresh blood. So thank you. This is her poem, With Thanks to the Field Sparrow, Whose Voice is So Delicate and Humble, by Mary Oliver. I do not live happily or comfortably with the cleverness of our times. The talk is all about computers. The news is all about bombs and blood. This morning, in the fresh field, I came upon a hidden nest. It held four warm, speckled eggs. I touched them, then went away softly, having felt something more wonderful than all the electricity of New York City. Thanks, everybody. I hope you have a beautiful day, and I hope this process of finishing and wintering and tying up all your things is productive and sweet for you. If you would like to become a patron of Things That Will Help podcast, please look at the show notes to learn how to do that and know that my, my patrons are such a vital part of the success of this podcast and you keep the lights on. And um, please consider doing that, especially if you're enjoying these stories. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you.